0: Hey, everybody. It's Andy Little from the EM Over EZ podcast here with episode 32, Three Things, where Drew and myself are joined with our good friend Andrew Basidi, longtime mentor and previous chief at our program, talking about the three things you need to do to excel in early leadership roles. We hope you guys enjoy this episode like you have others. And don't forget to check us out on the SoundCloud app and in the iTunes store. Thanks, guys. All right, everybody. Welcome to EM Over Easy. We are here in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, with a uh, couple couple guests with us today. We're it's Drew and I are here. Tanner's at home, and we are joined by two of our good friends, Andrew Pasiti and Rachel Price. Andrew, how are things? You know, you're
1: life is good. Life is good. I've been uh, I've been away for about a year and a half outside of residency, so life in attendingship has been a, uh, a blessing. I'll tell you, it's a uh, it's a hell of a transition. It is one of those things, until you do it, you don't know what to expect, yeah. right? You've gone through so many transitions, becoming med students, and then residents, and then as an attending, your world just continues to change. It's been awesome.
0: And for the listeners, I still remember the spring of your your senior year. If we were to do a timeline, you were you had sign the contract to be a traveler. Um, you were geared up, you'd finish your finish your chief year like a boss, and... Um, you were going to, you were in travel. He does everything like a boss. Well, I mean, that's your Definition yeah. of Passetti is boss. Yeah. It's my baseline. It's your baseline. It's He's the, boss. Syn- the synonym for your name. Um, and then like literally at the last minute, like just got a call, um, from the same company and they said, Hey, we need you to be a medical director at this little critical access hospital. And you just kind of ran with it.
1: Yeah. You know, I had a pretty unique opportunity. Um, we were going to an area with a company that I was kind of invested in and I wanted to kind of start my career with. As a traveling doctor, uh, we call them firefighters at that time. Pretty unique opportunity, right? There's a lot of opportunities when you graduate to kind of look for different jobs in different markets, and if you have a job or a company you want to work with that's outside the market that you want to live in, there are some opportunities to explore from that angle, so I actually went that route. Um, And then kind of got thrust into a a leadership position, An opportunity arose pretty early, and I was willing to take the responsibility and kind of run with it, and I've... uh, You know, it's it's been a transition, but I've had a lot of guidance and kind of leadership opportunities in the meantime. So, I I like the challenge. So Andrew, we want to pick your brain a little bit. You are a uh,
2: just over a year out in practice. You've taken on this huge leadership role. Give us your first take on that, and then how that transition into really leading physicians that have been in practice for years that are much older than you. Uh, A new site for the for the company. uh, A new leadership role for you, and sure experience being a chief resident which certainly puts you in a leadership position but really nothing um, no chance to get your practice underneath your wings before you start off as as a director of apartment so Train a lot of people are off a lot of people listening to this are, are young physicians that are interested in getting their career started a lot of them are going to want to go into leadership in, in some way form or fashion down the road and want to hear your take and your advice
1: for for those people and what the experience was for you. Yeah, so for me, you know, it's I do have a very unique experience. Very right? unique. Not, not everyone kind of gets thrown into that opportunity pretty early in their career. Um, I'll tell you, when you first get out, you want to start learning your, your how you're going to practice clinically, right? So, you you kind of come out into the the realm of I'm now an ER doc, fully fledged, practicing as an attending. When you have that opportunity to take on leadership role, especially at a small critical access hospital where I am, you change your outlook right it's not all about you and how i'm going to interact and how i'm going to practice emergency medicine it's how you're going to build a team right so you're you're building a team and you are now the the boss you are now the leader of essentially a group of physicians who've been practicing for many years so you have to kind of look into a perspective of how am i going to be successful and what kind of tools do i need and how i'm I'm going to build this you know your own tool set which you've built throughout the residency but now it's more of a social and and how do you how do you build a good staff and ED leadership and for me there's a couple rules um, that I kind of live by which I think have really helped me over the uh, the last year and a half three things one be fair two be consistent Uh, and three is always be reliable so if you do all three of those things people are going to respect you people are going to they're going to like working around you. Um, you know, I, I try and be fair and consistent and across the board with my providers, with my nurses, with my patients, with my family. You have to juggle a lot, yeah. right? So when you take on leadership opportunities, it's easy to get delve right into the leadership and kind of leave family and leave your social life behind. So you really have to get that sixth sense of, am I in too deep? Do I need to kind of put more time and responsibility into my, my social life and... Um, it's been a challenge, but I've, I've gone through a leadership course with, within our company that's given me kind of the skills to be successful. I feel like I've been successful so far. Um, but I'll tell you, the opportunity is going to rise for a lot of the young docs coming out, for a lot of leadership opportunities. Uh, don't be scared because you're just fresh out. You're, you have the tools to succeed, and I, um, I urge you to, to think if that's an opportunity, to take it and run with it. So let's rewind for a second and take us back to day one. When you got offered this job,
2: and oh. what were your thoughts, what were your feelings, and then take us to day one, stepping into the hospital as the director, and kind of give us that perspective of the gut check that you had to go through to say, I'm going to do this or I'm not going to do this, and then the second gut check, I imagine a gut check, when you actually stepped foot in the hospital as, as the director just a few months into your, your clinical practice and, uh, and what that was like. Oh yeah. There's
1: a, there's a lot of gut checks. Your first day as an attending is a hell of a gut check. Um, your first day as a, as a director and a leader is, uh, that's, that's an interesting one. I I was chief resident, so I kind of had people like look up to me and have responsibilities. When you walk into a hospital as an ED director and never have done that before, it's a kick in the rear end. It's, this is real. This is, it is on. These patients need me the staff needs me. The nursing director. I have a CEO. I have a lot of relationships that I need. I need to build and I need to maintain. So, I was nervous as hell when I first got started. I mean, I didn't know if I was doing the right thing. Am I making the right decisions? How long did I have to to make these decisions? And as ER doctors, you learn to make decisions with little input and you use a lot of your gut and your your instinct. Um, I'll tell you that. To be successful, you have to make decisions with little information as an ED doc and as a leader. So, um, I would I would lean on those around you that have done it before and really kind of glean their expertise uh, to guide you know what direction you want to go in. But I'll tell you that first day it was it was it was nerve wracking, right? Um, but I feel like I've come to my own over the last one to two years of how I'm going to lead my life and be successful. So, awesome. What would Go back to that decision point. What uh, went through
2: your head when the position was offered to you and saying, can I do this? Am I ready for this? Is this something that I'm even interested in at this point? Uh, Because I imagine you're not going to be, you're not the first and you're not going to be the last person who is early in their career getting this huge opportunity, Someone even call it a big break, to uh, go straight from starting off just as a a Joe Schmo uh, attending to the the man at, at one hospital.
1: Yeah, so you're the The opportunity that I had was to become an attending and a director all at once. Um, there's there there becomes a there's a point where you really have to kind of decide or are you in or you're out, right? Because you really have to dedicate a lot of your time and energy to to being successful. So, um, I would say, trust in your instinct and trust in your confidence that you have the ability to, to succeed. Um, when I was offered the position, it was. Right. You go through doubt. I don't know if I can do this. I'm not ready. I got some other things I want to do. Maybe in the future I'll be ready to to do that and go through a leadership course or, um, you know, we have a scholars class where it kind of teaches you to be successful and be a leader. Uh, If you have the opportunity to get jump in, get your feet wet and learn how to be a leader by actually doing it, I'd say it's a little more difficult, but it's a possibility. You know, you're not your group and your company, wherever you decide to work, is going to want you to succeed. They're not going to want you to fail, so you have to be vocal about what resources you need, what kind of tools you need to be successful. So I would say be vocal and reach out to the people that you know have the answers and utilize those people. So
2: you have those days where you just can't believe you're doing this. That the little bit of imposter uh, syndrome where you're like, I I don't know what I'm doing. How how the heck is this worked out? CEO
0: walks by and says, "Good job," and you're like. Uh, for what? You're like, what? Who? <laughs> who you Does
2: Doctor. that mean?
1: Was I, every single time I walk into that <laughs> department, and they say, Dr. Facetti, thank you for doing this, that, and the other, or getting us this new ultrasound machine. My CEO is amazing. That relationship that we've built has been phenomenal. Yeah. So it's all about, you're going to know your stuff clinically. You're going to know what cold you are, fresh out. You have all the hot like topics, all the items you have under your belt. It's all about your social interaction, being confident, and knowing that you can succeed.
0: Yeah.
1: So you have to have that confidence. I think it's huge advice, whether it's going into an
2: administrative role like you did or, or Andy uh, starting off as faculty at a residency program. That's not unrealistic for a lot of people to go into. You're, you're stepping into a role that not just being an attending, which is a challenge in itself, but stepping into the role of something more than just an attending. There's an extra component to it. And here's some and problems
0: we need solved there's problems
2: you need solved, it, it demands a um, certain additional level of respect from just being an attendant, yeah. and it demands a additional level of function and, and follow-through and performance for the person yeah. doing it. And, and I, I think your your advice about being fair and consistent and, and dependable is, is huge. If we can all do that in our careers, then I think we're going to have really successful careers.
1: I would urge you to, to not only do it in your career, but in your Life. Life. Absolutely right. You know, you have to take a step back and look at the big picture from the from the view from the plane, right? So, how you're su- you're all going to be successful? You know, you all have trained so hard to get where you are. You just need to make sure that what you're doing is meaningful to you, to your family. And I I urge everyone to take that time to to develop and foster those relationships with your parents, with your family, your kids. I mean, you've put a lot off to get to where you are, and you've had support. And yes, you're very grateful for those people, but you really have to show that and express it and live in the moment because it's too easy to put your head down and roll and just knock out your hours, knock out your, your reports that you have to do. And it's, you know, some of the best advice that I've gotten is you're going to be successful, but bring those around you up with you. Don't just kind of take off on your own. Sound
2: of real leadership, making, making those around you better.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: Andrew, this is awesome advice. Want to uh, loosen it up a little bit. So, a couple questions for you. Um, number one typically, we're doing this over breakfast, a little, little change in action. Today. We got some Skinny Pop on the table and uh, a bottle of Perrier. So, you know, really high class. But we got to get Rachel involved in this conversation a little bit, too. So, Andy and I have talked she, about as what. She,
0: as she glares at both of us. For Andy, Andy. Andy
2: and I have talked about what our favorite uh, breakfasts are. And is there a spot you're down in uh, down in Kentucky now or somewhere else that. This is your go-to place uh, for breakfast, and also what is your your breakfast of choice? If you could have breakfast, any, any kind of breakfast item, what
1: would it be? So my parents are both from England, and breakfast is a pretty important meal for us. A good old English breakfast a is killer. good old English breakfast. Gosh. And I'll tell you, if you put some fried bread next to a fried egg, and you top that and put the yolk on there with some bangers, you got uh, to... It's, it's true bangers. True bangers. English style. That's <laughs> sausage it's like it's you've it's never bangers. had
0: before. Rich and I are like, What's a banger?
2: Um yes.
0: <laughs> so sausage, okay, so
2: sausage. It's, no, it's, it's, not.
0: It's, it's not. It's not just not sausage. Sausage
1: like you've never had before.
0: Yeah. Yes. Saying <laughs> it's that sausage would be insulting to bangers. Okay, it's a
1: banger. Right. Exactly. And my father can make a bang up fried bread, and I'll tell you it's it's not healthy. It's a once a year. <laughs> you cannot do it more than once or your arteries are gonna be done.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Nice. So it's it's when you're it's, when you're at your parents' house with your dad.
0: And a banger sandwich.
1: My dad's a breakfast man.
0: Yeah.
1: Where does he get bangers? Now, because they're, they're not in England anymore. You know, I don't know. Trader Joe's. I <laughs> think good bangers. We have, we have no financial relationship with throw that with Trader out there. Yeah. 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 No Maybe. financial obligations to any of those companies. Maybe Whole Foods. Including Skinny Pop. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, you. Breakfast.
0: Oh, blueberry pancakes. But only if the blueberries are fresh. Okay, so it's got to be fresh blueberries. Yes. Absolutely. And
1: in Columbus. DK Diner.
0: Oh, that's our, that's our oh, home. I that, had that's no our idea. Home. I yeah. had no
1: idea they had them until like two weeks ago.
0: Yeah. It's because this is the donut batter. That's
1: what, that's what gets is it. gets
0: it? With blueberries. With blueberries. Yeah, Pretty incredible. Blueberries.
1: That sounds awesome. Is this show sponsored by DK
0: Diner?
2: We have no sponsorships, no yeah. affiliations. Yeah. It is funded out of our own pockets. But yeah. uh, trust me, we sponsor DK Diner ourselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's how it's supposed to work. Yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, next question, right, final question, is uh, superhero. So Andy, remind yeah. us your superhero. Uh, Thor. Thor.
0: God of Thunder, Mule in your Hammer.
2: I, I go Classic. much more existential on I'm, uh, I'm Splinter, <laughs> which, which again, to this day, we could argue if he's a superhero, but
0: I'm gonna, we've already had this argument. You've already yeah, right I've, it, so. I've won the argument. You've won the argument, so So we can not continue to have the argument. Tanner's per- is uh, Wolverine, to give you a reference. I think it's mostly because he can pull off the beard and the muscles and the Hugh Jackman-esque kind of mystique. So, City, what do you got?
1: Who's your superhero? So my superhero of choice, and I... <laughs> I mean, I'm Clark Kent Superman. Okay. I think it's uh, he has the skill and you the ability. You are Clark Kent in a lot of ways. Yeah. To to hold it together and just get things done when it needs to get done. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Classic. It's hard to go wrong with. with Wonder Superman. Woman. I don't know. Give me another female uh, superhero. It doesn't have to be female. It doesn't have it to
2: be female. Just, just the superhero that represents you.
0: Wonder Woman. I don't know. She's pretty. You awesome want,
2: Well, we'll give it to you. <laughs> we'll give it to you. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Great conversation. Thanks, thanks for Look having. forward me. to having you both back on a future episode of EMO Reezy. Hopefully back at home. DK Downer. in uh, in Columbus and until then can't wait to talk to you guys again